everyone. We are live for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host, and as usual, I'm joined by Seth Wintraub, publisher of Electric. How are you doing, Seth? I'm good. All right. I hope you're good because we have plenty of news to discuss this week. It's gonna be it's gonna be a Tesla heavy podcast, people. There was a lot of big Tesla news this week. Of course, the Tesla semi event yesterday. So for those people that don't like when you talk too much about Tesla, you might want to skip that one. I'm just letting you know. Um, but we have a few other things that we non-Tesla related that we're going to talk about at the end of the show. And this is a completely ad-free show this week. We don't have any sponsor, so it's a completely ad-free experience for you guys. And we would appreciate if you could help us out by giving us a like, obviously, if, only if you like the show. Uh, uh, a like, a subscribe if you're watching on YouTube or Spotify. And if you're watching on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of those things, if you can give us a five-star review, that helps the show more than you can imagine. It's free to do. It takes a second, and we read all of them. So we appreciate if you can do that. Also, at the end, as usual, we're going to take your comments, your suggestions, your um, subjects that you want us to discuss at the end of the show. So you can put that live in the comment section right now. We're going to get to, the, to it fairly soon. But yeah, let's start out with this uh, Tesla Semi event uh, yesterday. Um, a lot to unpack, even though not that many surprises or anything like that. It was uh, the kind of focus on the core product, like this is presenting it for what it is, which is like the first like long haul class eight semi truck. And uh, it's in production right now. It's ready for deliveries, first deliveries customers and starting with PepsiCo. So it's uh, they very focused much on that. You know what it reminded me of a little bit? It reminded me like the early days of Tesla, like 2012, and, and like where Tesla had to explain to people the advantages of electric vehicles. Where yep. like, oh, you have rigidity braking on this. And this is very useful. Obviously, I understand like for for a semi truck, rigidity braking has even like better advantages. Like it's it's even a higher impact, I would say. But still, and they were like that. They were like, oh, electric motor, you have like millisecond response time in terms of the traction. Like so, we have extremely good attraction control on it like all of the things that we were talking about like the early days of evs but now that it's become like common knowledge for people but since you know with the trucking industry as in it's it's very nascent the, the whole electrification of that industry so they'd be still hammering on that stuff so i thought that, that was interesting but in terms of the actual truck itself the production version because of course that was until five years ago the prototype not that much new information that were released some somewhat changes to the the powertrain so originally it has four model three motors tesla switched to uh the more recent plaid uh, powertrain so tri-motor with the new uh, carbon uh, sleeve uh, design and uh, the the specified that the gear to one of the motor uh, for peak efficiency had highway speed and the two other motors are used for acceleration and you get insane acceleration out of that truck you see three times more powerful than the next best diesel uh, well not next best because it's not even the same category but the the best diesel uh, semi class 8 semi truck um then uh, they, they went into the like so the acceleration is just crazy like that video i watched it like a hundred times like if you ever like pass the truck uh, past the truck on the highway on an incline that like they go super slow like to see it like go just right past it at full speed it's it's really impressive um term of the range we got the confirmation because of course last weekend tesla you know announced on twitter hey the tesla semi did its first 100 mile trip and we did a report on that and everything but there wasn't that much information but even though on the report we assumed that they were talking about a single like no stop, like no no charging stop trip. And a lot of naysayers were like, oh, Elon didn't specify that it wasn't charging stop or like that. That would be meaningless if there is. And now right. they release all the data to show exactly what it is. And it is truly impressive. Uh, so it's a 500-mile trip between Fremont and San Diego. And they went to the Grapevine. If you're not familiar with the Grapevine, it's just north of uh, the Los Angeles, the greater Los Angeles area where uh, you, there's a lot of elevation, so you have to go up, but then you, you go down, obviously. Uh, and that's a big advantage with electric vehicle. As you go down, you actually recuperate some of that energy. But still, uh, a lot of elevation, like from, like I think, 2,000 to 4,000 feet, something like that. And it started out in Fremont with a 97% state of charge, so there was still a little bit more in, in there, and ended in San Diego with a 4% state of charge. So you can see that basically you can, you can give it even more than 500 miles out of that truck so that's that's truly impressive uh still on the powertrain with uh, the drivetrain we discussed the three um motor the same one that you can find in the in the plaid model s and model x 
in terms of uh, the entire powertrain, it's it's now geared for a thousand uh, volt. So it's thousand volt powertrain. So Tesla is going for from 400 volt to a thousand volt. Like we we've seen a lot of automakers uh, releasing 800 volt powertrains now, like the most famously the Ionic with um, the uh, what's the EGMP platform? That's it, right? Yep, and EGMP uh, Porsche as well. Porsche as well. Yeah, Porsche was the first. We should give them credit for that. They were the first with the Taycan. And uh, and then the EGMP, which is the Ionic, the J80 Genesis, and the uh, JV80? TV60. 60, sorry. And, uh, of course, the EV6 from Kia. So Tesla uh, leapfrog all of that with a 1,000-volt system and the Tesla Semi, obviously a bigger vehicle too. But that was probably the, the only like one more thing moment of the show. They said that, the 1,000-volt powertrain is going to come to other Tesla vehicles without specifying which one. But then uh, the big kicker was when we talk about the uh, the charging capacity of the of the, of the the truck. Oh, I should skip to that. So uh, they talked about the megawatt charging. So we already knew that the Tesla Semi was going to be combined with a megawatt charging capacity. You just need that for the, for the kind of battery pack you have in a truck to have decent charging time. But uh, this this is all like a, all the pieces of a puzzles are coming together with what was announced in the last few weeks, like Tesla opening up their charge connector and revealing that they have a thousand volt capacity on the charging cap or or retrofitable thousand volt capacity. So this uh, also it's, it's kind of strange because we've seen Tesla semi prototype before having a different connector, but in this case they, they are showing like a, a new immersive uh, a new immersion cooling technology that can be adapted in the same one. And it's basically the V4 supercharger. Like they can make the V4 supercharger be up to a thousand watt. Now I don't think that all the supercharger stations are going to be like that because I, I would assume that the new immersion cooling technology is a lot more expensive. But it's real nice because you you have it on the, on the much smaller package here uh, instead of uh, some, some big big cable. And uh, yeah, and and that that uh, the big announcement was that Cybertruck is going to be compatible with that. Now, they really didn't go into the details about that, so it's not exactly clear if the Cybertruck is going to be able to charge at a megawatt. If it does, I would be surprised, uh, but it's not impossible if it's like like from 0% to 1%, 2%, something like that, and then it taper off really fast, which is, is always the case anyway. But you, you can still assume something like extremely fast charging capacity for the Cybertruck, uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's going to be now pretty rare that people are going to spend more than 15 minutes uh, at the supercharger with a Cybertruck. Is that, you think that's fair, Seth? Uh, I mean, it depends what, you know, uh, this ends up being, uh, you know, just because it charges on there doesn't necessarily mean uh, it'll use the full uh, charging. Like it could, you know, get 500 volts and, and, half a megawatt, uh, you know, 500 kilowatt. That's still fast. That's mm -hmm. still, you know, five or 10 minutes at a charging stop. But um, just because it uses the charger doesn't mean it'll go that fast. And, you know, there's going to be some variations and, and you know, maybe only the, the biggest battery pack, you know, gets the fastest speed or whatever. Yeah, that, that, that is extremely likely that uh, there's going to be some some discrepancy between the models here because uh, it looks like uh, Cybertruck might be anywhere between 250 and 500 miles of range. So uh, the, the higher range model are probably going to be able to take more capacity at first. But nonetheless, very impressive uh, charging technology that this semi is going to have and it's going to trickle down to other Tesla models starting with the Cybertruck. So that was the more exciting part for the consumers because obviously Tesla semi is not... It's more commercial trucks, even though I, I heard from plenty of people that they're looking to buy one for a consumer uh, reason, not for like a commercial trucking, which is kind of wild. But you can see how people would want to make like a motor home out of it or something like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, the other thing with uh, the high voltage, so one kilovolt, uh, means that they're going to have to uh, space uh, some of the wiring out a little bit further apart because uh, the higher volts you get the... Uh, the isolation issues. Um, so oh, yeah. it's going to, you know, it, they can fix it. I mean, or they can adjust for it, but it's just something to think about. Um, you know, you get a arc, the, the higher the voltage, the easier it is to arc. So uh, just a design consideration. Mm -hmm. 
uh, in terms of the batch pack, we just learned late, not, not during the event, uh, we learned after the event that Elon confirmed that it's a 1.7 uh, kilowatt, kilowatt hour per mile. So that's that's one thing that Tesla has always kept vague about the Tesla semi. It says less than two kilowatt hour per mile, which is already good. But like it's important to know exactly what we're talking about because it, the kilowatt hour per mile will tell you your your cost of fuel. Basically, you, you just input your electricity rates into that with some efficiency loss and charging a few percent for percentage points. It literally gives you your fuel cost. So. He said that it's actually 1.7. Uh, so, so that also we can sort of extrapolate into the size of the battery pack with that. So it's because 500 miles when 1.7, it's 150, uh, sorry, 850 kilowatt hour. However, like we just said, 500 miles, uh, it, it might not be the exact range of the vehicle. It looks like there you can you can get a little bit more out of it. So, and also there's always a little bit of a battery buffer. So I wouldn't be surprised if this thing is closer to 900 kilowatt hour of total capacity. I think that's, uh, that would be fair. That sounds right. Um, what else? Um, yeah, the interior, the, uh, the, the, the show like the, not too much changed since the prototype, but, uh, the, they showed a few features that give some quality of life features for the, the Tesla semi drivers, including like the suspension dump so that it's uh, automatic. So it's super easy to, uh, latch a, a trailer to it. Uh, so there's a one touch button for like light testing once, once you do latch a trailer so that the, you make sure that the lights work for inspections before you leave. A uh, bunch of things like that. One thing that they didn't discuss at all, and I kind of understand why, is uh, autopilot of FSD. And I'm working on a report on that because uh, I got some closer look at the, the production version of the truck, and, and it's full of cameras. Like, I think there's like 12 cameras uh, around the, the, the truck. So obviously, this is still talking about FSD or at least autopilot for it. But you know that Tesla is also trying to convince like truck drivers that this you're gonna want to drive that truck. So it's hard to make that argument when at the same time it's like we're also working for you to not have jobs in the near future. Right. Uh, obviously, I don't I don't necessarily think that truck drivers won't have jobs in the future. I, I think truck driver right now, like if you're looking for a job, like truck driver is probably a good job to have. There's a shortage of them, and. Uh, even if you once we do get trucks driving mostly autonomously uh, on the highway, at, at first it's going to be about safety. Then at first it's going to be about convenience on the highway and all that. But in terms of like city driving, I think we're quite far from uh, letting semi truck go autonomously. And also, there's other things to truck driving than just driving the truck. Like you know, there's uh, a bunch of logistics to handle at the docks, at the where where you get your uh, load and when you unload it. So. I think it's not a big concern for now, but it was clear that Tesla didn't want to get into it. <laughs> like they, there was no mention of it whatsoever during the whole event. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, also in that picture, um, you can see that uh, both screens have the rear view mirror, the one above that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Tesla has been flirting with uh, getting rid of rear uh, side mirrors uh, for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And um, with these cameras, it seems like, You've got a pretty good view of the side of the truck, the back of the truck. But those I cameras are on those mirrors. <laughs> yeah, but they could just make a you know a yeah. small thing come Smaller, out. Smaller, yeah. Um, but for and, now, they're still there, and that would cut down wind resistance even more. I wonder if that's mm. part of uh, Elon's calculations. Uh, you know, getting it to one point five or. Uh, yeah, that's right. I didn't mention that, but he said one point seven is what it is right now. But he sees a clear path to 1.6 and potentially even 1.5 and that that's a big deal uh because every percentage point you can remove on that is going to be lower cost of operation but also and now that we we need to get in the cross of it is like so my overall impression of the of the presentation is like oh this Tesla is delivering on the promises they made five years ago but I, I'm having issues very because I think they are on the verge of really having a truly like disruptive product for in the trucking industry that would change the whole paradigm of the of the industry however they need to confirm two things that they didn't talk about during the actual presentation uh, one thing is obvious is the price uh, we think that they're gonna update the price because the price was unveiled five years ago and that was $150,000 for the base version $180 for the longer range version and $200 $200,000 for the founder series uh, so we think it's going to be higher than that now. However, I don't know if they are not releasing the price because they are they have to 
honor the original pricing for the customers that already placed a deposit, which I think would be fair since those customers have been waiting for a mm -hmm. long time. And they put money down, right? They put a lot of money down between $5,000 and $20,000 at one point. Right. Uh, uh, Tesla increased so they the could amount. have put that in the bank and probably doubled it. So yeah, so so yeah. Obviously, I think they, they should honor that. But then once the higher production starts uh, and and they open up to other customer, I would assume there's a new price. I would like to know that because that that would that's an important figure to know in terms of like because it's all they, these these trucks. It's all about the economics. Once once the fleet operator they, they talk about updating their fleet, they look at the cost obviously, and they look at the cost operation of the specific truck and how fast they can pay it back and all that. So obviously, the cost of acquiring it is an important part of that. In terms of cost of operation, it's quite clear that it's going to be much lower with that 1.7 kilowatt hour, like literally up to $70,000 in, uh, in fuel cost saving per year, depending on how low you can get your electricity. Uh, and Tesla said during the event, the event too that they are going to be working closely with the customers in order to maintain their electricity costs lower with selling those uh, those charging stations with uh, with mega packs and, and solar and all that. And that, that, that makes a ton of sense. The other metric that we don't have, and that's a big deal, though we kind of have a good idea of it, is the uh, the weight of the actual truck itself, the tractor? Because they, they did discuss weight and load capacity, but they, they only discussed the gross vehicle weight, the entire capacity. Which trucks in the U.S. and in, in most markets, I think, have a max capacity of um, eighty thousand pounds. So that's the the truck, that's the trailer, that's the load. You cannot exceed that, and that's for like road safety issues. And uh, in the U.S., they did increase the capacity to 82,000 for electric trucks to, because they know that electric trucks are potentially um, heavier. So they, they are giving some, some leeway to electric trucks with 82,000 pounds. And then Tesla said all the metrics that they released. Sorry, let me, let me shut that down. I think it's making sound since earlier. I apologize. Uh, how do I remove that focus right there? There you go. Sorry about that. It shouldn't be making any sound anymore. It's okay. Oh, my Siri. Calm down. Okay. Um, damn Siri. Listening all the time. Um, so where was I? Okay, yeah, the, the, the weight of the truck. So they only talk about 82,000 pounds. So like the, when you saw the truck exerting like crazy, that was with 82,000 pounds. Very impressive. The uh, the 500 mile road trip, they said it was just under 82,000 pounds. Also super impressive. But then... In order to know how much you can make out of that truck money-wise for an operator, you need to know how much cargo you can carry. And obviously, the volume itself won't change. So everything that goes by volume, everything that's lighter, basically, Tesla is going to make a killing out of this. This truck is going to is going to do well, uh, probably regardless of the price, because even if the price goes up to $200,000, uh, this is like a, like a four-year payback time instead of three years or something like that. It's nothing crazy. Um, but... In terms of weight, we want to know how much the, the actual semi truck weighs right. in order to know the capacity. Because a trailer, like a fifty-three foot, like unladen trailer, is about ten thousand pounds. So you're already down to seventy-two thousand pounds. And, and then a truck, a diesel truck, they vary quite widely uh, between around like twelve thousand pounds to twenty-five thousand pounds. And it would be fair to compare Tesla with the higher hand of that range just because of how powerful it is. But even then, like there's, it's not like the sleeper configuration or anything like that. It's, the, it's, it's different too. So I, I, normally you would have to compare it with like a maybe max 20,000 pound vehicle. And uh, we did get some information just based on the load testing, the video that they released. If you calculate the weight of the, 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 the cinder block, but the, the large concrete blocks that they have in there, it would bring the weight down with 82,000 pound limits and 10,000 pound trailer to about 27,000 pounds. So that's quite heavy. Um, it's lighter than the Nikola electric battery truck, the tree that they released. It's a little bit lighter than that because uh, that, that's a big problem with the tree right now. I think it comes in at like 20,000 pounds, which is a lot. Uh, like it's never seen before in a, in, in, in a semi truck that has this kind of capacity. Just, uh, so, just yeah. to add a little context, uh, Dan Oberst in the comments says uh, the video sh they showed had 11 jersey barriers on it. Those are 4K pounds each, 4,000 pounds each. So 44,000 pounds was on the trailer. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I don't know if I had the same data of 4,000 each. Uh, I don't have the calculation that I did earlier, but let's see if uh, it's similar with the with Dan's numbers. So you do that, you do minus, uh, I mean, it's probably less than 10, but and then 44, uh, 28. So we're very similar. Uh, my calculation was very similar to Dan. Dan's truck would come at around um, 28,000 pounds, but the, 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 the weight of the trailer, like, it's harder to say because like it's an open trailer. I would have to, I, I couldn't find exact data on like how much those weight, but uh, right. it's, it's probably around that 27 to 28,000 pounds. So it is heavier than most truck these days. Right. So you're gonna lose some weight with that, but it's so it's not it's not like the holy grail, but it's pretty 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 good, and it's gonna have a lot of very good use cases that are are gonna pay for itself uh, for themselves pretty fast. And did I hear during the presentation that uh, electric trucks can be two thousand pounds heavier? Yeah, yeah, eighty-two thousand uh, pounds overall right. instead of uh, instead 80, of EV. Yeah, that's with load, with trailer, and everything. Right. Um. So yeah, it, it, it's a big deal. And the big deal also with battery electric trucks is this is the first one, well, the first like long range one. So obviously with battery technology improving, efficiency improving, uh, that, that number is gonna be able to go down. So with that number going down, that's just money in the bank every time. Like every 500 pounds or so that you shed, it's 500 pounds that you can put in that trailer and make money off of off of it so trucking companies are going to be looking at that like crazy so this is uh this is uh probably again with the asterisk like we don't know the actual price of that thing tesla might have an ace in their pocket there that might be like a very disruptive vehicle it looks like it so kudos to tesla for, so for my, doing that my concern on that is that uh elon's numbers aren't going to be accurate like uh you know if they're anything like you know what you get on your model three or model y or any of the cars uh tesla's numbers are always extremely optimistic especially compared to other vehicles so i'm i'm concerned that uh these uh fleet companies are going to get these things with this expectation and they're going to be like we can never get you know those op those optimum numbers and you know we invested all this money and we're you know not making our money back as fast as we thought so that that's my concern with these things. Yeah, especially like weather-wise, like this, the, the 500 mile test is impressive by itself, but it's in California. Obviously, you do that in, in Quebec right now, where it's freezing temperature. You're not gonna get the same results. So, the, yep. the, and Tesla has been known in in, in winter to have a not a, a much less accurate range prediction than other companies. That's for sure. So. But still, still, I'm uh, I'm optimistic about it, about the Tesla Semi program as a whole. Yeah, for sure. All right, we already discussed the Cybertruck um, getting the the megawatt charging technology, or the same technology that enables the one megawatt for the for the Tesla Semi. Uh, now the oh yeah, this 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 was an interesting news here this week. Uh, we had an exclusive where we had a, a very reliable source that uh, told us that Tesla is expecting, uh, is planning for 75,000 Model Y vehicles to come out of Gigafactory in Q1 2023. Um, so that that is uh, big news because Tesla is not producing any nowhere near the capacity right now in a single quarter. So it would be a big jump between Q4 and Q1. But the way I see it is that Tesla might be um, not exactly well. I guess the word would be like throttling the capacity uh, at Texas right now. They they are not letting go like full capacity necessarily at this point uh, because of the all the Model Y coming out of that factory for the U.S. market right now. And Tesla is is having some issues in the U.S. market. We reported in that in that report earlier this week that there's some level of cancellations. Uh, both like just regular cancellation in term of uh, Tesla has long lead times. So sometimes people say, okay, I can afford that car and they place an order. And then by the time that they are supposed to take delivery and, and give their money, uh, the bank doesn't want to lend them money or whatever happens. It's, it's not, it's not going through and the situation has changed. So there's a lot of cancellation in that regard. Maybe their, their, their money's in FTX. 
if money ends up the X money's <laughs> in Tesla stocks right. <laughs> that have gone down the last few months too. So, so things like that. And obviously the other big cancellation reason for cancellation right now is uh, the uh, tax credit coming into effect next month in 2023. Some people I think want that's a to, big one. Yeah. So a lot of people want to wait for that. And unlike other automakers that have been a little bit more accommodating on that on that front, where they let people like okay, if you if you if you think you're gonna qualify and we're gonna qualify, we can push delivery until then, uh, and then you can try to get the tax credit. Tesla is holding all the customers to their order contract that said you have to take delivery by that time. Uh, so if they refuse delivery by that time, uh, Tesla cancels the order for you. So um, because of 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 doing that. The, there's a higher cancellation rate right now in the U.S. than there normally is. And uh, that sort of was confirmed <laughs> later on, just the next day after we, report, we made that report with uh, Tesla announcing. And Tesla, Tesla is good with the timing. Obviously, it's December 1st, and that discounts is for the month of December. But they re released that sort of just when uh, uh, the Tesla Semi event was going to happen, and that kind of got buried by the Tesla Semi news. But Tesla offer is offering right now a discount of $3,750 for every Model 3 and Model Y delivered in the U.S. right now. So whether you already had a car in order or you're placing an order right now and you can get delivery, especially with inventory vehicles, by the end of the month, uh, you get $3,750 off, which is a decent discount and goes against Tesla's usual policy of not offering discount because this is really much, very much, they call it a price adjustment uh, but, and a credit, but it's very much a discount. And because it's temporary, it's just for the month of December, and it's to counter those this level of, of cancellation that we just talked about. And it's an interesting the, number, though, right? It's uh, thirty-seven yeah. fifty. It's half the uh, half the the full rebate. And um, Tesla has mentioned, I think, in the call, their conference call, that they expect to get the full mm -hmm. seventy-five hundred. But um, a lot of companies a lot of automakers aren't sure that they're going to get the full and they can only expect to get the 3750 so yeah yeah so that means two things uh either tesla was wrong when they said that last quarter and uh they're actually gonna get 30 uh $3, which so they are now offering that the customers to counter the idea that they, they're gonna wait until next month uh or it simply is that Tesla feels like half of the full credit, which they might still expect to get next month, is enough to convince enough people to take delivery this month. Because obviously this is a direct credit on the order versus a tax credit uh, on, on on your taxes. And um, and also it's uh, you get your car right now instead of next month. Or even it's not even sure if you like if if the demand like our idea is that yeah, maybe Tesla is having some demand issues right now because of those situation. Well, that's gonna all change next month when uh, that tax really comes into effect and everyone rush to get cars. because uh, because that's the other thing too. It's not just Tesla vehicles that people are going to go after. They, they're going to go after all the EVs on the market to get that tax credit. There's a lot of there's a lot of EVs that's going to be attractive, even if they get half of the credit because they are let's say they are assembled in North America, but they're not they, they don't they don't fulfill the requirements for either the battery material or the battery cell assembly. Um, so that that in itself will create more demand for every other vehicle at the same time because there's not going to be much more on the market. And those that can have the capacity to produce them are, are going to sell a lot more. Going back to my last report, where Tesla is planning a massive ramp up to 75,000 uh, units in Q1, that's an average of over 5,000 units per week, which is also like when Tesla determined that this has achieved volume production. But very exciting, yes. All right. Uh, another Tesla news that this week was this. Uh, Project Highland thing. So this is our routers that came out with this news. And uh, we I, I'm kind of being very careful with routers these days on the Tesla news because they, they had a lot of reports that were inaccurate over the last year or so. And uh, so 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 I'm I take everything with a grain of salt when it comes to this, though though the, the idea behind it makes sense. So router says that uh, Tesla is working on the redesign of the Model 3 code name Highland. Uh, to reduce the number of components and complexity in the interior of the Model 3 while focusing on features that Tesla buyers value, including the display, according to the people 
who asked not to be named because of the revamp has not been announced. Sure. Um, not very little information about it. it says that the the design is focused on the interior, making the interior more uh, minimalist, which is already very much minimalist, and, and also inspired by the Model S without confirming exactly what that means. Obviously, the big thing in the interior of the Model S redesign last year was the yoke steering wheel, but uh, we don't know exactly if that's going to make it to the new Model 3. But yeah, they said that this is coming uh, around the third quarter of 2023, and it's going to go in production in Fremont in Shanghai. And the timing makes sense. I mean, the Model 3 is sort of due for a redesign. Um, and uh, and also, Tesla has made so much improvement with the Model Y, especially so they talk about reducing the number of components. Uh, so this is kind of obvious, but Tesla is also talking about doing the same thing they did with the Model Y with the rear casting and the front casting now. Um, to the Model 3, it's just the, those things just makes a ton of sense. But uh, doing that to the production is is uh, you, you're gonna have to slow down the production significantly while, while you do that. So uh, it doesn't necessarily make sense to do it now, uh, but over time and without affecting too much production, it would make sense to do it around Q3, maybe just a few weeks off, and then you restart production. So the news makes sense, but again, with a grain of salt because uh, some of the recent like exclusive reporting from routers uh, was has just been not great. Well, speaking of uh, bad reporting on Tesla, this 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 is was a weird one today. And if anyone has information about this, they can reach out to me. It's really interesting because I mean the, the part of the, the the bad reporting is one thing, but also the the bigger story behind it, I think, is like this. There's someone that's uh, doing some shenanigans here. Uh, that's that's very weird. So. So there was a report earlier this week that came out of China that said that Tesla set up a semiconductor joint venture with Switzerland's Annex Semiconductor. So it was a joint venture with $150 million to build automotive chips out of China. And uh, so we got the report too, but I, I, I read the report from the Chinese publication and I was like, yeah, this is like my bullshit meter was going off. I was like, this is not, this doesn't look real. But then I saw this already, this Manian, and, and even like a bunch of like China, a, a bigger Chinese publication like the South Morning China, or South Mar South Morning. China Morning Post. Yeah, South China Morning Post, uh, uh, reporting on it. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to dig into this for real then, because I was like, just I don't I don't even want to touch this. But then it was making rounds because those publications published it. And even what what, what really got me triggered <laughs> was when Tesla Ratty called Annex a formidable partner for Tesla and among the global leaders in automotive system on chips. Mm. And I know I know people that works in system on chips. So I'm like, oh, let me just reach out to them, see if they ever heard of Annex. And no one I've ever heard of Annex. I'm like, and then I start looking online. I start looking at the company, and the company does not exist. It's it's there's a website, but it's completely made up. Uh, I call their phone numbers. It, it doesn't pick up. One of the they have multiple phone numbers, and one of them was in Ottawa. So I thought that was weird because it's a Swiss company, and the phone number is in Ottawa. And I call it, and and it's it was the weirdest thing. Like it picks up right away, and then it's like like the, when your your internet when dial up internet came up, like things uh, like that. Like I'm calling it, yeah, I'm calling a fax machine or something. Um, and um, and then I look at the registered in Switzerland, and there's no company in Switzerland registered with Annex Semiconductor as a name. Uh, so I'm like, all right, this is this is weird. This is someone that made up a company, and uh, and, and more than that, they made up two companies because uh, Tesla Ratty and, and Tasmanian. That in their reports, they said that the company was just purchased uh, earlier this summer by the by a company called um, the Zurich Found. And then I look up, okay, so Annex is definitely not real based on what I found. Oh, yeah, this this was a good one here. I look at the, on, on the Annex website, they have these chips. Uh, There's supposedly the chip that they make themselves. And it's clearly, you can see that the Annex is clearly Photoshop on it. And then I pulled up a Ryzen chip and it's exact, exactly the same chip. So they just Photoshop their name on the Ryzen chip. And then that Zurich found that supposedly bought them in June for $5 billion, something that Tasmanian and, and Tessaretti didn't bother to check at all. Uh, is also a completely made-up company. I checked their website. The, so uh, that's another thing that was a red flag for the Annex uh, company. I couldn't find a single person claiming to be working for them, like on LinkedIn, none of that. Like they have no employees uh, for a $5 billion company. That's weird. Uh, same thing for a company that can buy them for $5 billion. But on their website, which again looks completely fake, they had 
two employees listed, Mr. Lionel Schneider and Mrs. Brianna Miller. And as you can see, they use uh, stock photos for each one of them. <laughs> so, and then I looked, I looked them up and obviously I cannot find anyone that uh, have a profile that matches them. So again, completely made up companies. Uh, but the weird thing is like the registry in China is real. Uh, it's just that it's it's not Tesla. It, it, they call it uh, Tesla Motors uh, Limited, and in all of their uh, legit registry for Tesla, for because Tesla has a few companies. They, 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 in China, like you have to register a bunch of different, but not just in China. They have they have different companies all over the world. Uh, that's under the Tesla umbrella, if you will. And it's just called Tesla in China. It's not called Tesla Motors Limited. And Tesla hasn't used the the, the name Tesla Motors in, in a long time. And I don't think they've ever used Tesla Motors Limited. So, so it's not Tesla that it's partnered with. So it's to me, it sounds like some people maliciously uh, set that up that 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 company with those two fake companies, and then created those two websites for some lazy journalist to catch it and, and to report on it without actually checking the, the veracity of it in order to do what? That's the big question. Like, why do you want Tesla to be attached to those two fake companies? Usually uh, it's I, stock price, right? Yeah, it's stock price. So I, so I looked into, like, is there any, like, like company that, like, is same name or something like that that affects the stock price? I couldn't find anything. The only thing that has that makes some sense to me, but I, I, I mean, it's pretty big that I, I, I'd be surprised if, though it is not, some people say it's an unsophisticated scam. Some people say it's actually sophisticated because of uh, like doing two different websites, the registry with the fake Tesla and all that. It's actually kind of sophisticated. I don't know. I'm kind of in between. But the, the only theory that I heard, and that's why if anyone else has some theories about this, I mean, I'm not saying that Tesla Ready and Tasmanian are involved in, in that, like they were just lazy about it. But the people that made it, uh, the TSMC, uh, TS, the, the big Taiwanese company that makes chip. Yeah, TSMC, I think, or... Yeah, yeah, I always get get the the initials wrong. It's uh, no TSMC. So once that news came out, the stock dropped five percent. So that might be the, the idea behind it. Uh, yeah, you so I, TSMC. Because because the, TSMC just uh, they was did just announce a deal with Tesla to make Tesla's chips. So the fact that like they would they get a giant contract from Tesla, but then Tesla might actually try to make their own chip that would affect them but other than that it's fine but it's kind of weird uh but yeah be also be careful where you get your tesla news because some some journalists are quite lazy and won't check any information before posting it and uh tasmanian they, they took down their article without any correction Tesla already actually doubled down on it and said like oh look at all these chinese publications that also reported this well they're also wrong <laughs> obviously so it right. doesn't make it right um, all right, going back to this, we have one more Tesla news this week, and then we get to uh, non-Tesla news for those who enjoy those, <laughs> and uh, and then we're gonna get into your comments. So if you guys have any questions, any comments for us, uh, put them in the comment section right now, and I'll get to them in about 10-15 minutes. Uh, the Tesla charging stations are now available at Best Buy. So this is uh first first time that Tesla's done this, selling them outside of their own stores. And also they do sell it sometimes through like um, companies that install them. If they have a deal with a, with a certain like electrical companies, they will sell them to them. But I'm pretty sure that they don't make any money on those. Like the, 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 the installation companies, like Tesla sell them for the same cost that they would sell them to. I'm not 100% sure what I'm on, I'm like 80% sure. Uh, but in this case, I would doubt that Best Buy is just selling Tesla for, for fun and not making any money because they are selling them for the same price that Tesla is selling them on their own store. So right. I would assume that Tesla is actually doing a distribution deal with Best Buy here. Uh, so what is the motivation for that? I would assume that it has something to do with opening up their standard. Uh, they don't want to be the only company selling their charging station because it's, it's like it's a bad look if, if it's it's not even the Tesla charging station like they, they call it the Tesla wall connector right now because it's made by Tesla but it is the Tesla wall connector with an, an axe and North American charging standard connector on it uh, though they also sell the um, J1772 connector on the website too so they, right. they, do, they, they do have both 
uh, but the same price, five five fifty, the same price that they sell on the website. So they're actually like discounting them in, in uh, for for Best Buy. So this, yeah, it, it's interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. It might be for that. Um, maybe they're just trying to get their footprint out there a little bit more. Um, obviously, um, you know they're going up against uh, ChargePoint and uh, Juice Box, and Electro America's got one, and mm-hmm. Clipper Creek. Four hundred bucks, pretty good price for a uh, you know pretty streamlined. Um, oh yeah, piece of they're, equipment they're cheap. They're cheap. For Maybe sure. they're getting out there like uh, they're getting you know the possibility of uh, superchargers being open for everybody. Um, you know, Tesla's got scale. They've got good design. Uh, maybe they're just trying to make some money on this product. Yeah, that's fair too. Also, we kind of weird Best Buy, right? Best Buy is not really the company you would think for charging stations for electric vehicles. Amazon will be the company. Like Amazon sells a lot of charging stations, like that right. ChargePoint, Flow. Uh, all these companies are all on Amazon. So I think that, but obviously, and Home Elon, Depot or Tesla, Lowe's, maybe? Bezos, and all that. I feel like Home Depot and Lowe's would be a good place too, because yeah. that's where you do a lot of home stuff, and there's yeah, and, <coughs> electricians and it, there and stuff. Exactly, electricians have like entrepreneurs account at mm-hmm. companies like Home Depot, so it would make sense to sell them through that. Yeah, no, I agree. That's a good, that's a good point. All right, uh, you uh, you bought your mom a Chevy Bolt EV. We discussed yep. it a little bit over the last few weeks, but you just posted a whole report on it. So do you have anything else to report about this 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 uh, generous move that you did? Uh, well, it wasn't that generous. I could have got a <laughs> more expensive car, but uh, <laughs> it was perfect for her. You know, the a lot of EVs are very futuristic and you don't really want to throw a super futuristic interior at a uh, 70-year-old woman who doesn't really want to learn new technology too much so the bold is a little bit one foot in each uh you know century in terms of interior um but it does have a a bunch of nice stuff um you know some nuance there uh the story kind of talks about the dealer experience which was horrible um but but you know we got everything taken care of it wasn't it wasn't super hard to get everything taken care of it was just like the audacity of them after, you know, I had paid for the vehicle to come back and, and target my mom for, you know, a $2,000, like free oil for life kind of, you know, BS maintenance, maintenance package. And then, um, had some issues with the Q merit, uh, install, which, uh, you know, that could have been a lot smoother. Hopefully Chevrolet takes my feedback there and kind of, you know, work gets a project manager. Because it, you know, at, as it stands, it's kind of like the dealership has to talk to Qmerit, and if neither one of them ha- are motivated to talk to each other, then they just don't. And you got to kind of project manage the whole thing yourself. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, a little nuance is the Bolt EV doesn't have a 240 uh, charger that comes with it. I kind of figured it did uh, because the EUV has one. So I had to do a little bit of a jerry rig, which is uh, make an adapter for the 240 plug. Um, to go to um, the the 12 amp charger, so now it charges at a little bit below three kilowatts, which isn't bad. Like you can fill up the the bolt in like about 24 hours. Um, but you know we're gonna get a a regular charger out there. And actually, the charger I'm probably gonna send my uh, mom is the one that's gonna come with my bolt, which I bought and I'm going mm-hmm. to pick up next week. Nice. Um, so that'll be an exciting story to talk about next week all right let's uh reconvene next week i think yep. it's convenient we have a podcast just for that <laughs> all right uh more announcement like this you, you cannot go a single week without an automaker announcing new investment into either batteries or uh electric vehicle production in north america obviously the tax credit has something to do with it but this week, uh, what was interesting is uh, Canada is getting some love. So obviously, people are focusing on the U.S. a lot, a much bigger market and everything. But uh, Canada used to have a decent production of vehicles, and uh, it kind of eroded over the years. Now it's basically Ontario and nothing. But uh, there's more investment with the vehicles happening now. And Volkswagen wants to get involved. They, they confirmed that they are looking for a Gigafactory location in North America. And then they also confirmed this week that they have, um, what do they call those? Uh, MOU, like a 
like uh, momentum of our understanding. What is it? Uh, is it basically an agreement that uh, with the Canadian government, with Canada, to look for locations for uh, a, a potential battery cell factory, so to produce battery cells in uh, Canada, and it's through Volkswagen's PowerCo uh, company. I don't know if they're gonna have issues with PowerCo in Canada because they have Power Corporation in Canada. I don't know if they're gonna hmm. end up uh, having to have a little trademark issue. Though I don't think Power Corporation has anything to do with battery cells. So I think we're good. But they do. They have invested in Lion. I think Lion. Actually. What did you call also, that? There's like a battery valley or something in Quebec. Yeah, Quebec's battery valley. They, 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 the the deal is with the Canadian government, the federal government. So it could be in Quebec, could be in the other province too. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, we, you, Quebec battery valley would make sense for that though, because it, it, right now it has everything instead uh, uh, everything except battery cell production. Like they have cattle production, animal production. They have separator production. They have electrolyte. They have everything basically except for actual um, battery cells. So you could, but at the same time, I don't know if a Volkswagen should would make sense getting there because GM has been buying up all the capacity for 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 everything that's there. So and GM also has with with through its uh, partnership with LG and Ultium, they have battery cell production in other places that are going to ramp up over the next few years in the U.S. and Ohio and. Uh, a few other places, so maybe they're just going to want to uh, transport that from Battery Valley to those production facility. But it wouldn't make a ton of sense to close the loop there and produce battery cells there too. Um, all right, and the last piece of news before we go to your comments is Lordstown, the Endurance EV, the first 500 units have shipped from the factories to. Uh, to be soon delivered to the first customers. So Lordstown is actually going to deliver pickup trucks, all electric pickup trucks to customers. So this is uh, kind of exciting. Uh, we, we, I, I, I look at Lordstown basically as kind of a test bed for uh, how it's going to go with those hub motors in, in electric vehicles because no one has really that. done that yet, like especially not for a pickup truck, like putting the drivetrain the, the, the drive unit the most one of the most important component of the vehicle inside one of the weakest part of a vehicle which is the the wheels uh they have four motors one in each wheel which is great for traction great for power and everything but it's also super risky for longevity and all that so i, I like that lordstown did it we're gonna see like now they have 500 you're gonna have 500 trucks on the road uh i think it's mostly like customer uh like fleet customers that they're going after first so that's that's also like the consumers won't really get involved for a little bit so this is uh this is going to be fleet customer testing that so that's going to be interesting uh, but yeah i mean lordstown has been on the verge of bankruptcy for a while they got saved by foxconn like two or three times at this point uh but uh, the foxconn really backed them and they, they got they got that thing uh, on the market which is which is impressive by itself so kudos to everyone involved I'm not saying that's going to be a success, a success just yet like getting the truck to market is one thing then making it profitable and everything is a completely other thing and sustainable uh so we'll see but uh still it's a, it's a milestone that needs to be celebrated in my opinion yeah, Foxconn kind of seems to be creeping into the auto industry. Like, and they have a bunch of different places they're coming in. Obviously, they build iPhones, so they've got a lot of manufacturing experience. But um, the you know, truck is a bit different. Truck is a lot different, and uh, but they're they also have some uh, stuff they're doing in China. And what's the? There's another thing that they're doing. Well, they're in talk with a lot of people, uh, including the news this week is Scout, VW's new brand, That's right. Scout, yeah. they're looking into. Uh, and then they have their sort of their own vehicle that they are like, they design and build themselves, but uh, they don't want to sell themselves. So like other brands are slapping their name on them. So they're doing that in other markets right now. So that's something, but not, not in the US just yet. The, because to, to be fair, this is not the same with the Lordstown engines. Lordstown is was designed by Lordstown. It's just Foxconn sort of took over the manufacturing of it, much yeah. like uh, Fisker and Magna with the Ocean. Yep. All right, let's jump into the comments. All right. Let's see. Jonathan Root uh, was first. Uh, Elon said Kanye. All right, so... 
We're getting off topic right away. But Elon said Kanye was the smartest person he knew. Change did of he heart. Re- did he really say that at one point? I know that at one point they were like closer, like two or three years ago, and they, they were friendly. And then he, but uh, not. And anymore. he did reinstate him on Twitter before suspending him again this week. I just like Kanye yeah. is sick. Like he's yeah. He's, like don't give him a platform right now. Don't. Don't interview him. Don't. And I guess that's what Elon's doing is he's taking his platform. So that's a good yeah. Thing. Well, he gave him back to him at, right. at a time where he probably shouldn't have given back to him. It was For clear. Sure. It was clear at the time that he was also in a very bad. Uh, I mean, I don't want to diagnose him with anything, but he, in my non-psychologist uh, opinion, he, he looks like he's in clear psychosis episode, a very deep one. Um, that doesn't excuse what he's saying. And then I know that there's people that are bipolar and have psychosis that don't go full racist and uh, anti-Semite. So I'm not saying that it's just that. But I mean, the, the guy is uh, he's, he's just like he's not most the smartest person in the world, I don't think. But he's obviously a musical genius. So uh, like you would think that he could if he, if he was seen clearly right now, he would realize that his comments are extremely hurtful for a lot of people, I would think. Yeah, I, I don't agree with the musical genius part, but uh, everything else, I agree. Now, I'm not I, actually. I, I was. I've never been a big fan of his music. Like, there's a few things that I like, but I watched the documentary on on on, uh, on Netflix on him, uh-huh. and uh, that goes especially in his early career when he was like producing for Jay Z and all that. And uh, you, you have to give it to him. Like when you when you see that, you're like, oh, like that that guy can produce music like crazy. Like he's he's very very impressive at it. Like that that that's what I'm I'm referring to. Uh, obviously, there's a few songs that I like from him too, but I think that that's the part I'm referring to. Yeah, I don't know if you can like his songs anymore. I think he's like uh, yeah, canceled. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, we talked about the uh, one kilovolt. Um, no FSD or steering assist info on the semi. Yeah, that was a weird um, one. I, I get where they're coming from. They like they don't want to they don't want to anger any truck drivers. But uh, I feel like the technology is obviously there. <laughs> yeah. So a uh, couple comments on the one kilovolt. Um, we saw uh, Carl jo- Johan Larson say a lot of isolation problem. We talked about it a little bit. Um, Jake Cooley says, "Will one kilovolt help?" With the charge throttling at a higher percentage and battery temps limiting charge rate, uh, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I think that you know, at the battery level, I don't think it's going to do too much there. I mean, what it does do is eliminate resistance or or lower mm-hmm. resistance um, throughout, and you know, theoretically, also you know, lower magnetic fields and stuff. So I, I don't know about all that. Uh, moving on, uh, Nando Holtz. Can they fold the mirrors flat on the highway with a tap on the screen? I'm sure they evaluated the drag difference during the tricks testing phase. Uh, they didn't show anything yeah, about that. Didn't say anything about that. Would I think cool. the goal is more what Seth said earlier, where where the goal would be to once you get approval for it, you, you remove the mirror part of the mirrors. And just keep the part where all the cameras are. I think there's three cameras per mirror. Oh wow! Yeah. All right, uh, Andrew McDonald. Question: Do you think the future semi will be higher or lower in price? Well, I mean, it depends how you look at it. Like, it, it, it's going to be a higher in price than when Tesla originally announced, which was one hundred fifty to two hundred thousand dollars, depending on the model. Um. But well, I think long term it might be able to go down from from from, from that, and uh, and you know what I think it's kind of, it's kind of weird that they still went with the five hundred mile model first too, like they uh, with, with that because uh, I think you could have a much bigger impact with the three hundred miles model now for for, for a lot of uh, of driving or a lot of situation. I think, but but at the same time, the five hundred miles makes sense to at least to show like you can have. An electric truck that 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 does 500 miles of battery electric truck because there's none of there's there's other electric trucks on the market other class eight electric truck with, with 80,000 pound capacity, uh, but they don't do 500 miles. This one does, so this one is like a full eight hours of driving. And after eight hours of driving, you need to take a 30 minute breaks minimum, anyway, uh, within that eight hours of driving. So during that time, you charge the vehicle and you, you can you can do probably easy. Probably you can do easily over 700 miles of driving a day with that Tesla semi truck with that current configuration. That's that's awesome. Yeah, 
game changing, really. The quick charging and all that stuff. Yeah. Right, we talked about the uh, weight of the uh, jersey barriers. Yeah. Um, Jay Cooley agree. I think that 1.7 watt out, watt hours per mile was on that 500 mile trip where they're going under 55 miles per hour the majority of the trip. I think uh, semis aren't supposed to go above 55 in California. Or 65? 65 yeah, 55. I don't know. Yeah, uh, they, they're limited in speed. That That's true. So that affects it. Uh, I don't know that we... Do we know for a fact? Uh, we do have the video of it. Uh, so we can... I don't know if you can see the speedometer on the video. This video is so fast, you'd have to slow it down quite a bit. But uh, Yeah, it also uh, looked like he was in a lot of traffic. So I yeah, mean, maybe... They maybe, went to LA. <laughs> right. Yeah. Know about that. All right, uh, Dan Oberst again. Has there been any rumors about the shareholder proposal's next meeting to remove Elon as CEO? Uh, given the bad Twitter PR, there seems to be a better argument now than the last time that vote came up. Well, now that you say that, I almost uh, I realize that that's extremely likely to happen. Not that he's going to be removed as CEO, but that that there's going to be a shareholder proposal asking for that. I, I think that's. I think that's very likely at this point. Um, and I don't we think, about I don't think it's going would... to work, though. I don't think it's going to no. work. Unless, yeah. unless Elon himself supports it, which 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 might be the, the case. You, you might decide, like, all right, you don't want me a CEO? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care. I, don't, I can be can be something else. I've got other um, things to do. Yeah. Uh, so, and Tesla has a point right now that I think it can easily survive without Elon. That's, that's obvious. Though I still think he's a positive for the company as a whole in terms of his uh, engineering drive and, and the way he's pushing the products, I, I, I like that. But uh, yeah, as CEO, I think it would make sense to have like I, don't know, I see a Jan Smith uh, referencing Herbert Diaz at the end here. I think uh, I think that would make sense to have Herbert take over as CEO. All right, uh, Brad Sloan, what would be the advantage of having a thousand volt system in the Cybertruck? Is the key to this the 4680 battery maybe that's what makes it special i think i think it's more like the wiring and the uh the charging and yeah and you, you like save that. a lot on wiring that's for sure charging capacity higher uh and potential for a higher output though you don't really need one kilowatt kilovolt to to get very competitive output right and then uh, following up, is Tesla still going to open up their supercharger stations to non-Tesla vehicles before the end of the year? Good it's question. 30 days. Yeah. Uh, I don't think so by the end of the year, but sometime. Yeah, or or they, they changed the plan. They, or maybe that the thing that they announced last month, maybe that really changed the plan. And now they're like, we're not really opening it with CCS and adapters and all that. We are just banking on Aptera or whoever else jumps on board. And then we're going to use that to uh, stick to the standard, the NAC standard, and uh, and still get still get the benefits of the the subsidies for uh, for a new charging station that needs to be available to electric vehicles from more than one automaker. Yeah, uh, that that news, the the NAX news, that's not good if you're looking yeah. for Tesla to make uh, CCS. Comment. Yeah, yeah. If you are a CCS vehicle owner that hoped to be on the this is super charged. I'm not saying that's not going to happen. I'm just saying that it introduced a new possibility where Tesla goes another way. That's what I'm saying. All right, Brad Sloan, FYI, do drone video of the Gigafactory and discovered not long ago that Tesla ships out their Model Ys at a rail yard 25 miles from the Gigafactory. The mm -hmm. rail yard is expanding too to keep pace with Tesla. So I assume you're talking about Gigafactory Texas, uh, Brad. So and yeah, I mean, right now they are they are changing the whole logistics around around Gigafactory Texas to, um, to, to, to try to handle the new capacity that's coming in the next few months in, in Q1. Uh, it's, it's a different, just a different logistics when you're shipping like a few thousand cars per week to 5,000 cars per week. It's just a lot of products to ship out, a lot of the big products. It's too bad they're not closer. I thought uh, they were building the Gigafactory like on a train line. Uh, Texas? No, yeah. uh, maybe not, not Texas. Maybe Berlin. They are extending the the, the trail, the the rail line to uh, to reach a factory. So I mean, I have, to, I have to say, it seems like they, you know, Gigafactory is not going to be slowing down anytime soon. Maybe yeah. uh, 
a train line there would make sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Texas has been very accommodating to Tesla, or maybe a, um, a boring company, Loop Line, a loop that goes to the factory to the the rail line. I don't know. But yeah, that's uh, that's it for us this week, everyone. I appreciate every one of you that's still listening right now. If you're still listening and you enjoy this ad-free episode of the Electric Podcast, please uh, get, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. And uh, if you're listening in audio only, go to your podcast app and give us a five-star credit. Right now, we are in the top 10 of the automotive podcast in the U.S., and that's because of you, and we appreciate you doing that for us. Uh, and we want to keep the podcast growing as much as possible because we enjoy doing it every week and uh, we enjoy interacting with you guys every week. So thanks again. And we're going to see you same time, same place next week. Bye-bye.